The theme for the messages in this season of Lent is walk by faith. Walk by faith. Last week, we looked at the choice made by Adam and Eve not to walk by faith. And today we discover one who answered the call to walk by faith. Our scripture lesson today is from Genesis uh, chapter 12, beginning with verse 1. And I read in Jesus' name. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan. And they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moreh at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord, who had appeared to him. From there he went on toward the hills east of Bethel, and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, teach us the truth of your word. By your Holy Spirit, apply it to our hearts and to our lives, that we might too answer the call as Abram did, And walk by faith, in Jesus' name. Amen. Every journey begins with a purpose, a reason for leaving home. Your purpose may be as simple as the desire to travel and see new places. It can be as exhilarating as experiencing adventure or as transformative as beginning a new life in a different city or a new state or even a foreign country. I remember the exhilaration, the transformation of of leaving the United States when I was um, just just before my ninth grade year. My dad was, uh, had been, uh, had been ordered to uh, go to Germany as an officer in the United States Army. And so we spent my four years of high school there in Germany. And I remember getting on that plane. Uh, it was a Boeing 707 uh, in those days, and, and my first time on an aircraft, and then arriving in Nuremberg, Germany. 
And what a new adventure in a new land. From our lesson in Genesis, God instructed a man to begin a journey, to leave his country, his people. In Genesis chapter 1 verse, excuse me, in Genesis chapter 12 verse 1, we heard the call of Abram. The Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. Now, this man, Abram, we know him better as Abraham. That was the name God gave Abram when he made a covenant with him. Abram means exalted father, and Abraham means father of a multitude. Genesis 17 verse 4 describes that change of name. Uh, It records God's promise. As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. Against Abraham means father of a multitude. But in this message, I'm going to simply call him Abram because the time we're dealing here is before God made that expanded promise to him. And so we're just going to refer to him as Abram. Now, some of the passages I'll read will refer to him as Abraham. But um, I want us to focus on this time in Abram's life before God made the promise of descendants that would be as vast as the stars in the sky and the sand on the sea. Now, when God called Abram, it wasn't because Abram had some great qualities that God wanted to use. God always chooses imperfect people. The fact is, they're no other kind. We're all imperfect, and we can take great solace in the characters of the Bible because they are like us. They aren't perfect people. They have their own faults and failures. Abram was not a worshiper of the one true God when the Lord called him. He came from a family of idol worshipers. Joshua 24 verse 2 records this. Joshua said to the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Naor, lived beyond the Euphrates River and worshipped other gods. Martin Luther wrote that Abram was an idolater and a very great sinner. God called Abram, Luther wrote, in the first place, to show that he is the savior of sinners. In the second place, to inform us of his limitless kindness, lest we be overwhelmed by our sins and plunged into despair. In the third place, to block the road to haughtiness and pride. End of quote. We need to comprehend what God's call of Abram meant in that culture. 
To leave your country, your people, your father's household is to leave behind your inheritance and your place in society. I like what the uh, internet, uh, uh, university uh, press uh, Bible background commentary, uh, how it explains this. When Abram gave up his place in his father's household, he forfeited his security. He was putting his survival, his identity, his future and security in the hands of the Lord. Abram was asked to cut himself off from his past and to trust God for the new future that had been promised to him. Now, when God calls us, when he calls us to faith in him, God is beckoning us to depart on a journey with him. God is directing us to leave what is familiar and comfortable and to venture into the unknown and the challenging. The Apostle Paul expressed it in this way, Philippians chapter 3, not that I have already obtained all this or already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have yet taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then who are mature should take this view of things. So forgetting what's behind and straining forward to what's ahead, we press on. With God's call also comes God's blessing. And so in our text, we consider the blessing of Abraham. In verses 2 and 3, we read that God, uh, the Lord promised, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Now, God saw in Abraham what Abraham could not see in himself, that he would become a great nation and his name would be great. And this is true for all of us. When God calls us, he does not see us as we are. He sees us as to what we will become. There was nothing in Abram that was attractive to God that he would choose him, but God saw him as he would become and not as he was. We cannot possibly know the blessings God has in store for those whom he calls. Paul confirmed this in 1 Corinthians 2.9. But as it is written... What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. We simply can't imagine the blessings God has in store when we answer his call. And God did bless Abram, and he became wealthy. He had much property, but he had no progeny. He acquired 
a great inheritance to give, but had no heir to give it to. Now, how, bla- how God blessed Abram with an heir is another whole other story, and we don't have time for that today. But before us now, we have God's initial promise to bless him. The Kyle and Dalich commentary in the Old Testament informs us that Abram was not only to receive a blessing, but to be a blessing. Not only to be blessed by God, but to become a blessing or a medium of blessing, a channel of blessing to others. And that's what God's calling us to do also. God calls us to receive a blessing and also to give a blessing. 1 Peter 3.9 teaches, We do not, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with a blessing. For to this you were called to, re, to inherit a blessing. God promised not only to bless Abram, but to bless the whole world through him. Now, the full scope of this, that sweeping promise was fulfilled in Jesus and is being fulfilled even today as we take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Galatians 3, verses 8 and 9 testifies, Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, and announced the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abram, the man of faith. And so we also see in this passage the faith of Abram. Beginning with verse 4, So Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot with him, Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife, Sarai, his nephew, Lot, all his possessions they had accumulated and all the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moreh at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land And the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. And so he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. And from there he went on toward the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. God called Abram, promised to bless Abram, and Abram took God up. He responded to God's call. We read, he went as the Lord had told him. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8 teaches us that by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go to a place he would later receive as an inheritance, obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going. That's hard for us to do. We want a plan. We want to know where we're going to be. I have a brother-in-law who, in his retirement, takes a lot of road trips, and he has it all planned out exactly how far he'll go each day and where he'll stay each night. Well, God, that wasn't the kind of plan that God had for Abram. When I resigned my position as senior pastor in uh, Illinois, 
before coming here, <clears throat> I resigned because I believe God wanted to do something new in my life and in the congregation's life. The problem was is that at that time, um, I believe I needed to resign in order for them to begin a search process. And there were some available candidates, and I needed to step out of the way. The problem was, as I said when I read my resignation letter, I'm like Abraham. Um, I know the Lord has called me, but I don't know where I'm going. And it was quite a process over many months that God opened the doors for here and for the jail ministry. <clears throat> and that is just a wonderful example of God's leading and grace. But sometimes we have to venture out not knowing where we're going, but we know God is leading us. <clears throat> Abram trusted God for what he couldn't see and could scarcely imagine. And faith is trusting the Lord and his promises even when we can't fathom how he's going to fulfill it. Lord, I don't know how you're going to do this, but I'm going to trust you to do it. We think of the definition of faith found in Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. The promises made to Abram were all in the future. <clears throat> And they, were, they would have a future fulfillment. Abram responded to God's promised blessings in faith. And he demonstrated that faith by building altars and calling on the name of the Lord. God called Abram, and Abram called on the name of the Lord. Now, God isn't calling us to build physical altars for him but he is calling us to place ourselves on the altar. In Romans 12, verse 1, he says, We are told, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your proper worship. Abram built altars and called in the name of the Lord. We are to give ourselves to the Lord, placing our whole lives on the altar for God. Our epistle lesson from Romans 4.16 confirms that the blessings promised to Abram are also for us. Therefore, the promise comes by faith, so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abram's offspring not only those who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abram. God is calling us through the gospel to walk in faith, trusting where he leads us. And like Abraham, we are pilgrims on this earth. Arthur Pink, a great preacher of a century ago, sums it up this way. Abram called upon to separate himself from his home and kindred and bidden to go to a place which afterward God would give him as an inheritance typifies or is an example of one whose citizenship is in heaven but who is still in the world and in consequence is called upon to walk by faith and to live as a stranger and pilgrim on this earth. God is calling you and I to trust the blessings he has for us 
And as 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, to walk by faith, not by sight. Let us pray. Well, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness, and we thank you for your call upon our lives, and may we trust that call and the blessings that you wish to pour out on us and through us to bless others, O Lord. And so, Father, bless us so that we may be a blessing. And Lord, if there's anyone who has not responded to that call, who has not given their heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, may they cry out to you even now by saying, Lord Jesus, I know that you died on the cross to forgive my sin. And I know that you rose from the dead to give me eternal life. And I ask you to come into my heart and into my life as my Savior and Lord. And help me, Lord, to walk by faith, not by sight. In Jesus' name, amen.